1: Got some good news, got some bad news. Let's get the bad news out of the way. We posted our lowest close of the year, really our lowest close since November of 2020 yesterday. Good news. We're 24 handles away from that. PPI data, 830. CPI data tomorrow at 830. That's either going to make 3,600 major, major support or major, major resistance. Mitch, let's give the people what they want.
2: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan.
1: This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny.
2: With everything you need to start your trading day.
1: Good morning to all of you on this uh this uh, Wednesday morning here. We got some green on the screen. S Ps caught a bid early, up twenty-four and a quarter handles, thirty-six twenty-three fifty. Uh the buck uh taking a little bit of a breather. Uh that's down about 4 cents uh, TLT not in triple digits anymore down 66 and 9926. Uh crude took a little pause from the uh OPEC plus rally and uh back up today. Uh up 32 cents 8967. Gold down 11 bucks 1675. Silver Trying to stay above nineteen, down thirty-three cents at nineteen fifteen. Bitcoin just hanging out at nineteen thousand, up fractionally, and Ethereum the same way. That's up uh, sixteen dollars and fifty cents. So we got the PPI triple D, and in, in Mitch, we all know it's not as important as that CPI, but uh, gives us a little action here at eight thirty it's
3: always action i mean this market is full of action the one thing 2022 has not disappointed in is action it's just a matter of what direction you want that action to go in so i mean yesterday's rallies joel met with the overhead supply the sellers just so much overhead supply it's so hard to really start a rally because there's just so many bag holders and everything it's not just you know. We're not just talking bag-holding, you know, high-growth names. We're not just talking bag-holding megatechs. We're talking bag-holding utility stocks. We're talking bag-holding staples. We're talking bag-holding pretty much every stock that's out there, even some of the oil stocks people are bag-holding now. So it's a tough market, but we do have a lot of economic data that, that could potentially turn things around. PPI, I don't know if it's going to be crazy, crazy. CPI is going to be crazy tomorrow, so... I don't know, thoughts going into this? Again, trading market neutral because these numbers have been unpredictable.
2: Of course, today we'll get PPI coming in at 8.30. So definitely pay attention. We'll be ready for when that number hits, but there's other economic data to pay attention to. Also, you got the EIA short-term energy outlook that could be swinging around. Of course, some oil stocks out there. And you get the Wazdi report. If you guys don't know what the WASDE report is, we're, we're talking about wheat, rice, coarse grain, oil seed, cotton. We'll see how the commodities are doing there. See if we're seeing any inflation coming back to seasonality in, of course, commodities. What um, time's that at? That comes out also at 12 p.m. <coughs> Eastern. So take and you know look. what else you have? What else you we
1: have? Uh, Fed minutes at two o'clock.
2: Exactly. That was oh, the last geez. one I wanted to give the minutes. The Fed Reserve. At two p.m. Eastern, so stay tuned. It's gonna be some fireworks today.
1: And, well, uh, we how like about, fireworks. How about that, Bank of England? How about that? How about reading so, the rally yesterday? That I was mean, it, man. It was. That was not very nice. Not very, Not very nice. nice.
3: I agree, Joel. Not very nice. We were doing pretty well, and then the Bank of England news broke, and you can see on the chart, if you bring up SPY, you can see right around 240, 235, <laughs> 240, we start selling off, and we went from 361 on the SPY to 356 in about 40 minutes. We sold off about 50 handles in 50 minutes. It's pretty impressive. And then we came, did come off the lows, and we've come back up, but again, now you're looking at bag holder central, PPI needs we need an economic number to turn this market around need we some need good something. news some some good news like not just silver lining like okay the news wasn't that bad we need like actual good news you know something to turn it around somebody hey maybe somebody big raise guidance that would be pretty cool in this earnings season I mean the Pepsi earnings weren't too bad but let's be honest Pepsi isn't going to turn this this stocks the stocks around here maybe we well, should jump right into it Mitch Oh, well, yeah, we we'll did only have much. one report here. And it was pretty good.
2: I want to get one comment here from yesterday. Uh, Loretta Meister said, that, and I think this was an important comment. She said, despite some moderation on the demand side of the economy and some nuisance signs of improvements in supply chain, uh, there has been no progress on inflation. So I don't know if you're going to get that number that you guys are looking for. Yeah. If a Fed is literally yesterday saying specifically <laughs> – there has been no progress
3: on inflation. She, they don't have the number, though, Mitch. She's just looking backward looking. The entire Fed is backward looking. They're looking at the last month's report. And they're looking at everything that's come out. And they would never tip their hand, even if they did have an inkling to what the number is going to be. They would never tip their hand. But I don't believe they do. So she's just saying what you know. we all know. That, yeah, in the CPI data, we haven't really seen improvement yet. That's why the market continues to get hit. It will eventually start to improve. There is absolutely no doubt you will see eventually inflation come in. It's just a matter of how long the rates take to do their damage. They will do damage, though, even if they don't raise anymore. They've done enough that their rates, the current rates, if they stay up here for a prolonged period of time, will equal some demand destruction, especially for the middle class. It's just a matter of time.
2: Let's go to those PepsiCo numbers here. EPS coming in at $1.97, beating the $1.84 estimate. Sales at $21.97 billion, beating the $20.81 billion estimate. PepsiCo boosted its annual guidance, expects full-year 22 organic revenue growth of 12% previously was at 10%. They also expect full-year core EPS approximately at $6.73. The previous reading and expectation was at $6.63 versus the overall estimate of $6.69.
3: It all looks okay. So those numbers were fine. The beat is nice. The sales slightly beat. The organic revenue guide raise is good as well. The overall EPS is kind of in the line. They can say it raises, mm-hmm. but it looks to me like it's like with six sixty nine, $0.663. yeah, to four cents off. It, it, you know, it's a headline that says raises, but did they really raise? Not really. Yeah. So it was fine. It was a fine quarter. PepsiCo stock has been hit pretty good. It's a defensive issue, obviously, consumer staple that has a lower beta. We've went from one eighty to one sixty two. So you can say we've been pretty slammed into this report. I think there's room to one seventy, but I'm not getting all excited and chasing Pepsi up here. Until, again, I'm not buying any real stocks in the longer-term portfolio until you show me the numbers. Show me the money. Show me the numbers. Show me the data. Show me inflation is starting to slow. Uh,
1: I'm with Triple D on this one. I'm not not buying it here. Uh, you do have some overhead supply. Sneaking into the 168 handle, first things first, let's take out the pre-market high. I have no idea if there's any size at 68. Uh, the way we stopped at 16779 makes me think all the stock accumulating from 64 65 66 and 67 is now going to have to be executed you know at the open 168 uh so that's a pre-market high and then um there's just some highs in the uh, above that in the uh in the 169 handle 160 I see 168 169. I'd be a seller if it got in those handles, you know, scaling up. I have no idea where to buy this thing.
2: And I think it's important there is, of course, how did they get towards these sales? Well, they just increased their uh, price, right? I mean, they just pass it on to the consumer. I don't know if you guys have We're bought a 12-pack of Pepsi cans lately, but I'll tell you what. They're not $4 anymore. It's about double that, around $8 to $9 for a 12-pack, at least where I live. So... Hey, I mean, they're ma- how they're making it through? Well, they're just passing on the buck to us.
3: And the and consumer staples have the luxury of being able to do that. People will continue to buy the Coke and the Pepsi. If it's 5 bucks a you know case or 8 bucks a case, whatever it is, people are still going to buy that. People are still going to buy the loaves of bread. They're still going to buy their eggs. They're still going to buy their General Mills products, which is probably why to, to Kramer's point GIS is still near all-time highs because there is certain companies that can pass it through companies that cannot pass it through, the automotives, they're trying like hell to pass it through. But it's not working very well because people are like, no, you know, 90 in Canada, $90,000 pickup or, you know, for your your point, 60 or 70,000 in the US. It's expensive. Like, no, I'll just drive my other car for a little bit longer. Though it's a more difficult company to pass it through. So obviously, consumer staples are going to weather the storm better. But again, if the market gets ugly enough, and we know this, we've seen this happen. This is why staples have been hit as of late. If the market gets ugly enough, they just start hitting all stocks. And the biggest issue for consumer staples is a lot of them are yield plays. And with the risk free rate going higher, yield stocks aren't as attractive.
1: yeah, that's hanging up there Nero. Coke. Is wow. uh, the Coke chart looks. Oh, that Coke looks weak, man. The Coke looks flat compared to
3: Pepsi. Ha ha ha! What do you
1: think about that? Man, Um, what's the what's
3: the diff here? Well, there is a difference. I mean, from from you know what they own to you know where they are, restaurants, it's it's a little bit different. You know, um, distribution chain. So they've always been a little bit different. But I mean, you can still add it up. And Pepsi from the August highs is down about ten percent. Coke from the August highs is down about five, about fourteen or fifteen percent. So it's not insanely different. It just looks a little bit different on the chart.
2: Of The top boys here, I like the KDP, the Keurig Dr. Pepper chart better. So, um, if you want to just be just beyond technical wise, that to me looks like a better chart. Oh,
1: look KDP. at that 38 looks juicy on that. Gets mm-hmm. through 38, that's got some room. Uh, just for you know, going back on analyst ratings, uh, Goldman like looks like it bottom ticked this. Uh, Goldman's downgraded it, uh, back in this area. Don't have the exact day, uh, but uh. Leading the wrong way on uh, on cure doctor. I like Dr Pepper. I always buy a different soda. I never get the same soda. I always I diversify. If I get soda, I get diet Pepsi, diet Coke, diet Sprite, <laughs> diet Orange. Yeah, I, I, I
3: would drink say that's soda. not normal though. I think people. I think there's hardcore drinkers that I drink what I drink. You know, it's for real pop drinkers. I'm not a real pop drinker at nah. all. But if you're a real pop drinker, I think there's definitely some people that are like hardcore. No, this is what I drink.
2: Hey, I like my Jack and Ginger. What can I say? But uh, (laughs) let's keep going. Let's get to the next headline here. Let's go to Merck and Moderna. They're announcing an exercise of an option by Merck for joint development and commercialization of an investigational personalized cancer vaccine. Is there any company run
3: better than Moderna? I mean, they were the first, you know, them Pfizer, obviously, but, you know, so quick to get the, you know, the COVID vaccine out there. They're working on flu vaccines. They're working on cancer vaccines. I actually love this company. And the valuation isn't nuts. But the problem is those earnings are going to come down because they're so inflated from all the COVID vaccines, which are not going to sell nearly as much as they used to. So I don't know if it's a value trap or not. Um, You know, there's been obvious value traps along the way. Like we know we've talked meta being a value trap. We've talked you know, number of zoom being a value trap moderna sets up as a value trap but i'm still not sure it is so they're doing so many other things can they replace all this COVID revenue with yeah, flu vaccines with potential what is it cancer vaccine they're talking about yeah 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 and it's they're uh... like it, the, that company is just run really well and the scientists and everyone they have in there seem to just be on top of things like I mean you think about Novavax can compare Novavax to Moderna here's Novavax still trying to get the COVID vaccine out there you know (laughs) they're still trying COVID nobody's even taking vaccines hardly anymore and they're still trying to get that out there big difference in the two companies where Moderna has been profiting from this for basically a year and a half Novavax couldn't get it together and you can see the difference in the stock charts but Moderna's already moved on they're moving into so, flu vaccines, moving to cancer vaccines, and moving into other things. You know, they are definitely um, a company that has, you know, obviously benefited from COVID, but they know that they don't want to be the one trick pony. They don't want to just be a COVID vaccine company. And they are ticket. trying quickly and they're ahead of the curve. So LZC says, why not write puts on Moderna? In this environment, you can say, all oh, the elevated puts are attractive, but there's so much bloody risk out there in this environment, put writing has put writers have really gotten hurt. You know, we've seen stocks come down, they're like, why not write the put on, you know, this stock? Because I'll tell you, put writing and writing options works well, very, very well. The best strategy in a sideways market. It works mm-hmm. pretty well in an up market because you're getting called away from everything if you're writing puts. But it does not work well in the down market. Why? Because you're taking on the full risk and only getting the return of the premium. So there's certain. Markets where it's elevated these premiums, they're like, "Oh, well, you're getting a higher premium to get paid," but still, you're giving up a hell of a lot of of uh, you know uh, the return. So you can say, "Oh, I'm, I've got the return," and you write the puts and you get fifteen dollars or something, you get seven, eight, ten, maybe you even get twenty. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the puts on this, but there's certain environments that put writing works better. In this bearish market, put writing doesn't work very well.
2: They know how to pivot. And it seems like some companies just don't.
3: They've done well. I'm so impressed with this company. I would love to own Moderna one day, but I want to get through all of this. You know, I want to get through all the shenanigans of all the problems here right now. I would put Moderna on my shopping list again. I just don't want to get caught up that, hey, okay, our cancer vaccine has failed. Okay, you know, the flu vaccines aren't as good as we thought they were. And now we're really just a COVID vaccine company and nobody's taking COVID boosters anymore. And now all of a sudden the PE starts rising rapidly because the E is starting to fall off a cliff. There's a scenario there where that can happen. So I, I if I was betting though on one of these plays, it would definitely not be Novavax. It would be Moderna. So I, I won't argue with you if you're jumping into Moderna here. But oh, again, boy, it's moving. It's yeah. And I'm not chasing it up $7 here. What about Merck? I would wait for a pullback there.
1: Uh, just no a number here. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. A lot of overhead supply here. You've been consolidating. You're breaking out here. Well, I'll tell you right now, the first, first play, if I was long, where's the offer at Triple D? Where's the offer? Give me an offer.
2: 9147 uh, nine ninety-one
1: forty-seven. No, Moderna in Moderna. Oh, Moderna. 12840.
3: Thank that's you. That's the best that, offer. That's the offer. Huh? It, just takes,
1: it just takes 78. Huh. They're undercutting it. Um, no, I'd no, see if I could you get offer? lift. You
3: asked me for an offer, not a bid. What are you asking me
1: for? I asked for an offer, and I see it trading 126, 12878, so the offer no. is low, no, lower. No, that was, less. you
3: know, off exchange. So here's the benefits yeah. of tape reading. It was an off-exchange trade, so maybe it just showed that for a second, and then you got the off-exchange market makers that'll print that thing up as high as they possibly. Can, <laughs> yeah, so that's what it's they one, do. Right. Oh, but they, yeah, they give you, you no know, price improvement. So now we're now getting it's up there. One twenty-eight seventy bid. Now it's 128. Now it's one twenty-nine twenty-four bid. We're okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, 10, that off-exchange.
1: Okay. Uh, my first offer. Well, one thirty would always be tempting, right? Nice round number like that. But I'd be—I've been holding out for one thirty-one seventy-nine. I mean, that's your next daily high. That was your September twenty-first high, and at that day when it got up to there, it ended up settling a lot lower. So that—that's my number. I'll give that one thirty-one seventy-nine potential resistance in Moderna. <laughs> Once again, I have no idea where to buy this thing.
2: Don't hold your breath. It might be there in a second. <laughs> I <know> the <that> we- way. <laughs> All right, let's go to Intel news as Bloomberg is reporting that Intel is planning to cut thousands of jobs to deal with a slumping personal computer market.
3: They're blaming the PC market uh, just like AMD did. This PC market must be a mess. It is horrible. not want to own HPQ or Dell. We know Buffett's an HPQ and it's been an epic disaster for him because now you you can see the stock from 35 to 25. PC market is a mess here. As people go back to work, you know, and getting away from their homes, they don't need new PCs at home. We had this big PC boom. It was really a COVID boom where everybody's like, oh, I'm working from home. I got to get a PC now at home. So, because they weren't bringing, there were some brought their work computers, but a lot of them, you know, just were buying PCs at home because they were at home so much. They need a PC at home. That is gone. So they had this big bump in earnings for Dell and Hewlett Packard from COVID. That is gone. This PC, AMD, Intel, telling you, that the pc market is soft so that's scary to own dell or hpq intel i am long intel i bought it on the way down never just catch the falling knife even in your long-term investment account because you get punished for doing it i bought it about a month ago and i'm already down i don't know like 18 or 20 percent in this thing I'm so it's even been an absolute that. dog dog is a dog is a dog you think oh i sold it at 53 i'm rebuying at 32 i'm scalping myself you know 20 points here and you just pooch away another eight points here so now the stock's got to go up like 40 percent for me to get back to break even so the fun with math falls you know 20 got to go 30 and it's just a mess so intel obviously a mess as well but you know nvidia and amd have led the charge on the downside
1: here as well uh getting a little pop off this up 20 cents nothing really to speak of uh well what was yesterday's high if we can chat oh well first things first you got to take out uh 2548 and I think you see more sellers at 26. Uh just an ugly looking chart. Tight range yesterday. So maybe sellers <laughs> sellers will get exhausted here uh eventually. But uh first things first, 2548. Uh that was Tuesday's high.
3: Overhead supply central. It's every stock's problem right now, but this intel chart has just been smooth on the way down. Bad bye by me.
2: Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just a timing thing, right? I think eventually you might get it right, but it just might have been early. No,
3: no, it's wrong. I mean, and people can say that and you can always say, oh, yeah, but eventually I'm going to be right. No, you're wrong. You were wrong because you could have bought it a hell of a lot cheaper than that. So, you know, a, a buy, you know, is, is right or wrong? You know, when and when the stock falls 20% and, you know, after you've bought it three weeks ago, people justify, well, it's coming back eventually. I'm just going to be really happy with that buy eventually. No. You bought it at a bad price. It was a terrible buy. So again, what did I do wrong? You know, I'm separating my trading from investing, which is good. But I'm using that, you know, you still shouldn't be trying to catch the falling knife even in your long-term investment account. Wait for the stock to start going down. You get caught in the value trap of Intel. and That's what it was. I got caught up in this value trap. You're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, eventually this stock's going to turn around. It's back to five-year lows here. I'll be happy with that. No, you buy at 32 and it's 25, bad buy. My own psychological outlook, but I, I try my best
2: not to think about them as being right or wrong, just as a loss and a win. Uh, but hey, to each his own. I don't wrong. think it affects that wrong, and that doesn't affect Dennis in that psychology. What ha-
3: you have to do, and this is an investment; it's not a trade. But what you have to absolutely do as a trader is be quick, quick to admit you're wrong. That would never be in my trading account that long. The long-term investment account, I kind of manage it differently. I try to hold stuff. If the story changes and I don't like the story anymore, then I might take the loss, and that you know, or you know, I might be holding you know for a while as well. You know, I've held stocks in there for twenty years. I've held stocks in there for twenty days. If the story I've all of a sudden don't like it. You know, whatever. If the market conditions have changed, you know, I'm going to turn around and get out of it. But I mean, this market is just tough. It seems like in 2022, if you hold on to the stock long enough, eventually you lose. Let's use CCJ as an example here, Cameco, because this was the uranium play. And everybody's like, rah, rah, rah. And I played it a couple times too, and it was pretty good. You know, $20 to $30, and then it started to leak, you know, and then it's trying to come back, or we're going to get back to highs. Well, no, we're not. And all of a sudden, now they actually do an acquisition here overnight and CCJ is all of a sudden back down to the lows, losing 13% in one day. Welcome to 2022, where they take all your gains away in one day. Um, I'm not in this stock. I probably would rebuy it here in the low 20s, because it's been pretty good play, and there is uranium um, shortage, I think, still out there. So um, it's a good play for uranium. But Cameco, CCJ, getting the beats. Give us the news here, Money Mitch.
2: So what's going on here is its competitor, Brookfield Renewable Partners, BEP, will buy nuclear p- power equipment maker Wessinghouse Electric in a deal worth $7.9 billion. Uh, this is also including some debt. Um, and CCJ getting hit hard off of this news, tumbling yeah, down 11.5%. So
3: they're going to own 49% of the company, too. So we know they punish companies that are acquirers in this market, and they don't yeah. ask about it. So that's what's happening here. They don't want you paying up. They don't want you paying mm-hmm. up in this environment for other companies, and they kick the crap out yep. of them. Yep. 22 yep. is a big number, Joel.
1: There you go. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to point out on the upper right chart, and, uh, you know, it doesn't always work, but uh, you had that strong move up to 31, and then you came back down, and then, you know, you tried the old retracement, and it this time it really worked, right? You stopped right at that 50% retracement area um and then maybe a head and shoulders top two going into this and then uh triple d i mean returning to the scene of the crime here uh 22 just under 22 just above 22 22 right on the kisser uh potential support you haven't seen that in the pre uh in the pre-market yet uh so keep an eye on 22 after that (laughs) Maybe if they really decide to whack this thing uh, under 21, I see a pair of lows under 21. And if you're looking for a rally and a change of heart here, 25, yesterday's low, that's going to be resistance today and going forward.
3: We're going to get PPI here in about three minutes. I'm going to take off in about two minutes. And if we get a lot of chop, I'll probably be gone for a few minutes. If it's quiet, I'll be back. I think I might be gone for a few minutes. Though. Got a
1: surprise guest for you guys.
3: You like surprise guests.
1: Yep. Mitch doesn't even know.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the the one. where if You would have seen, uh, if you rewind the tape there, two seconds, but as soon as Joel says surprise guest, I'm like, huh? <laughs> 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 All right. But PPI, month over month, September estimated at 0.2. Prior was a negative 0.1. We will see what happens here. Do I think this is going to move the market much? I think we're already kind of in a little bit of a rally mode unless yeah. that kind of turns around that. I wouldn't expect too much there. I think it actually could They're give buying me them into a it little though. boost yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna get a little boost. you know one thing that told me that yesterday was how we kept recovering around kind of that three fifty seven and we just recovered recovered, recovered even though we were cracking through lows kept coming back.
1: All right, so what do we got? Oh, I guess I could get this hot CPI data thing off here, off the dailies. That was a long time ago and really rocked the market. Uh, but what am I doing? Oh, I don't want a daily. We want to have some fun. We want to go to the one-minute chart here. And I'm not jumping the gun on this one. I always jump the gun. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to see. What
2: are- <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. We'll see.
1: I let the algos fake me out. What? What are they expecting? It's uh,
2: a it. 0.2 0. 0.2 prior negative 0.1
1: okay all right well um, well let's see I, my uh, sheet with my levels did not print up so I'm a little bit uh, but I know I know what my level is on the upside here if they if they like it, 53 and a quarter. That's another 20 handles up. That was the high from yesterday. That was also Friday's close. And we all know what happened last time it got back up to 53 and a quarter. We completely fell apart. So that's 20 handles away on the upside. On the downside, <laughs> that's going to be a little bit tougher of a call. uh If they hate it, I mean, and they whoop it, probably that pre market low is down at 96 and a quarter. You had the close right in that area too, uh at uh ninety-nine and a quarter. So if you're looking for a little bit on the cheap, that would be it. It is eminent. The data is eminent. The algo jumpers are being being coy here. Our last number
2: bef- last number that we got, it gave us an indecision candle, a nice little <laughs> inside candle. So we'll see what happens today. Um, and that was a negative reading, right? So let's see what happens now. What will happen towards
1: it? Here it goes. September PPI eminent. Wow. But it's tight here. It is. Wow. It is that the, uh, the uh, no one's really we have no one not uh, jumping the gun here with the special extra feed.
0: My now, technical I don't say it's
1: like I think it's in line. The way this market's acting, it just feels like it's kind of in line. (laughs) The way it's trading, the market's in line. Uh, There we go. A little hot. A little hot. A little hot. A little hot. Hot. Really hot. Freezing. (laughs) Cold. (laughs) It's hot.
2: Oh, man. It came in at 0.3. And it looks like, at least from uh, Benzinga, we had a 0.3 estimate. I had gotten the most recent. Oh, that's the core. All right, so core PPI month over month coming in at 0.3 versus 0.3 estimate. So that's kind of more in line. I'm looking for one more number here to hit
1: tape. They don't like it. They don't like it. This does not bode well for the uh, CPI data, right? If we're getting this move on this. uh, They took it down. Uh, Sellers are firm here. We Looks like we're going to be going red here uh, at any moment.
2: Uh, All right. Advancing uh, final demand advances 0.4 versus uh, 0.2. And so uh, not what you wanted to see there. Definitely showing us that, hey, inflation, guys, hasn't gone anywhere. I feel like everyone just wants it to happen. They're showing,
1: I mean, if that's right, it's double what the estimate was.
2: Yep. And I'll give you guys that right now here. I'm getting it exactly from the site here. Here you guys have it. PPI for final demand advancing 0.4 in September. Services and goods both rise 0.4. And I'll give you guys the site right from the uh, Bureau of, of course, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Here you guys have it. I'll actually just throw it up in the chat. If you guys want to go deeper into the report, you guys can go ahead and do so. I'll actually take a look at it, see if there's anything that stands out to me. Yeah, what? That's the report.
1: uh, Yeah, um, trying to think here. Well, the I mean, the only the only positive that I can see right now is that you know they haven't taken the market red. It sure feels like that is going to happen here uh, momentarily. That close, we did have the low close for the move yesterday uh that was ninety nine and a quarter i think if uh if anything this just kinda gets people you know more and more worried about the um uh the the you know the c p i data coming out tomorrow so uh pre market gains almost have completely evaporated here uh trading it uh, trading still up nine handles for now. Triple D might be a little busy on this one. We definitely had some movement. You notice how there was no head fake up on this one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. This was it. Just it just held, and then it went down. You got any comments on the price action?
2: Yeah. Well, well, there's someone that has a great question, and I think it's an important one to address. We can ask also Dennis because maybe he's doing better than we are in this. And uh, okay, Chaz asking about how do you even trade this. Like, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. That kind of price action. Fade everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because it, it just like, what has been working is more reversals. And so what Dennis is saying there, kind of fade everything. So if it, it pops, we haven't been seeing continuation. Any bullish setup. It sometimes gets right to resistance, then comes right back down all the way to support. It's just truly difficult to trade in this market. And uh, at least right now, Inflation not going away. I think that was a a little bit of a sign uh, by Meister yesterday saying that she hasn't seen anything happen really to inflation. And so I think in the long run, we're still in for some hikes. Um, CPI is going to matter tomorrow, but we might be already down. Uh, we We might make our down move today versus making it tomorrow. So who knows? Really, this market is really trying to climb the wall of worry. And every time it gets close, it gets hit right back down.
1: All right. Why don't uh, – Triple D is probably in the trade cave. Why don't uh, we go on and bring on our special guest uh, joining us here this morning. Uh, We got none other than Luke Jacoby. Bring on
0: Luke. Sound the alarm.
2: Sound the alarm. Looks like Luke is here.
4: What is going on guys? First time in a very long time. Excited. Yep. We, uh, excited we had a have late have
1: cancellation on. here with uh, Jonathan Corpina and uh what what what's your title now? Are you CEO? What what is it? I forget what you are now.
4: you know, not quite. I just make the trains
1: run on time. You make the trains. <laughs> hey, run on time.
2: my guy, my guy. What I got to say about that? Sound the rally horn. Luke is here. Let's get to it. Let's talk sounds about like, what sounds you've like been show far.
1: Uh, in the markets, the hardest working man on Wall Street, uh, Luke Jacoby. So, Luke, um, inflation, 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 inflation. Had now, I know your favorite restaurant, McDonald's. Have you seen rampant inflation in what you eat at McDonald's,
4: uh, Joel? I'm not gonna lie, it's sort of crazy. Okay, oh, side tangent. We all they've had like all these Subway commercials recently for this new Subway sandwiches. So I we went to Subway yesterday for the first time in maybe literally four years, five years. Uh, it was $31 for two sandwiches at Subway. No way. Swear to God. 31. Two just straight off the menu. No customizations. Two sandwiches, Detroit, Michigan, Subway, $31. Uh,
1: but you got the you got the big one.
4: <laughs> I got the foot long, yeah. What happened to the $5 Come on, footlongs? That's still a lot. Yeah, exactly. What happened to $5 footlongs? What
1: happened to $5 footlongs?
4: <laughs> Exactly. Five. I thought it was the last to Subway. And thirty one dollars. I mean I could be eating at a real restaurant.
1: Now they're like fifteen. Did you buy it for to someone else too? Or I got did one you eat- for,
4: no, I did not I did not eat two. Don't worry, Joel.
1: Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, I was
4: hoping not. <laughs> we gotta get you back to the gym, my man Lukey, if that's happening. Yeah, right.
2: But so, uh So Lukey pretty
1: active in the markets, right? Uh tough year. Uh, I remember sure. talking to you, uh, uh, it, I believe it was the end of 21, and you said, I can't believe all the money I lost in puts. You were like, you know, I'm trying to hedge my portfolio, and I think you said spy puts. I just can't believe how much money I lost on spy puts. So did you, did you stick with that strategy in 22? Because I know puts are tough, but, you know, it could be paying some dividends. Or, or did you say, ah, the heck with it?
4: I, I I've not been putting it, but I have been been cash heavy for me. Um, you know, long term portfolio. I'm i been sitting there at around forty percent cash. Wow. Uh, yeah, for me that's a lot a lot of cash. Um, I, I've started buying some individual stocks, but I think a lot of these stocks, especially a lot of these beaten up stocks, are still really expensive. Yeah. Like like if we look at a lot of these high flyers that have come down. Um, not to go too fundamental on everybody at eight thirty in the morning, but that's okay. uh, a, a lot of these high flyers that have gotten killed, you look at your hubspots, your bill.coms, your asanas they're still trading at like 20 times forward eV to EBITDA like, like that's still not a cheap stock i mean they're they're down sixty percent, seventy percent. they're still expensive stocks um, and and so when i'm trying to to do some individual stock picking, it's a little bit tough. Um, you know, I, I saw somebody joking in there that I'm here to pump meta. That, that is one of the ones that I am in, you know, the th- throwback ticker FB, uh, refresh, we all know as M-E-T-A. Um, that's a stock that I think has actually gotten very cheap. Uh, you know, there, there's concerns about revenue slowdowns, both with the privacy changes and with, uh, hey, if we're exiting or entering a recession, advertising budgets are the th- first thing that's going to get cut. If we give the analysts even a little bit of credence, the stock is only trading at five and a half times its forward EV to EBITDA. It's only trading at about two times price to sales. Uh, and it's it's meta, it's cash flowing $25 billion a quarter. You know, $25 billion a quarter of cash flow. That's not paper profits, that's just cash that's heading into the coffers every year. Um, and, and that's like uh, an analogy for, for how I've been doing some of this individual stock picking. Um, you know, it's it's some of these these safer plays that I do think are, are
1: actually uh, cheaper. What are you doing with some of the cash? You keeping it under your mattress or you're getting, you know, you're getting uh, that three, three and a half, four percentage that's out there. Yeah,
4: I was going to say interest rates are going up now. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Uh, here's the other thing that I think is interesting, Joel. Uh, investment grade corporate bonds. Investment grade corporate bonds now are trading six and a half or paying six and a half seven percent yield. Is that outpacing inflation? No, <laughs> it's still not outpacing inflation. Uh, not a not a ton is right now. Um, and, and and again, these, these are investment grade A, AA, triple right. A rated corporates. These are not junk bonds, these are not C's, these are not triple B's. Um, you know, this is an asset class that held up relatively well in 08, 09. It did. Uh, and if you can buy these investment grade bonds at six and a half, seven percent yield, um, or you know, the the people start buying the bonds up and you can sell them for some gain on the principal in the
1: future. Uh that I don't think that that's a horrible idea either. I did I had a lot of those. Um I got back before the financial crisis. I was just kind of conservative after 9 11. I remember, and like they were really good rates. And then, like, they kept coming down. Like, the, clo- the closer that, you know, we were coming up to the financial crisis, whenever I came to renew them, they kept coming down. And then they just got to a point. I can remember this was just, you know, I had a bunch of things come due at the same time. And, I was a little nervous about the market, didn't know what was good, the, the financial collapse. And uh, Royal o- Beaumont, Beaumont Hospital had sure. um, these, this money market 2%. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm like, I got to have, you know, it just can't be. So So I, 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 I took what I had with these things and rolled over. I took the 2% and then the financial crisis hit and I'm like, well, you know, at least I got, you know, and I can roll that over. And then when the financial crisis hit, they, they stopped that, they stopped that guaranteed rate. So, uh, but just you know, to talk about the advertising end of things, you, you know, you're, you're in the, the, the heat of it, uh, you know, with Benzinga, you guys do some advertising and stuff. It's, uh, um, You know, could it also be, you know, these companies are going to have to advertise more in a tougher environment, like go after that customer? Could you look at it, kind of take a, you know, uh, an opposite end? Or you think just sales are down, wages are up. We got to cut expenses. We're going to cut it in advertising.
4: Yeah, I I think that's an optimistic view, but I think it's too optimistic based on what we've seen. All right. So the advantage that I have that, we're sharing with, with you guys is that Benzinga.com has an advertising business. Um, you know, we know what 2021 looked like and we know what 2022 looks like. And I'll tell you, it was a hell of a lot easier in 2021. Everybody was making money. Cash was flying around. You know, performance didn't matter. Metrics didn't matter. Advertisers just wanted to spend. They wanted some vanity metrics, et cetera. We hit 2022 um, and the results of advertising really matter. Uh, we fared compared to our competitors. We fared really well. We're actually up on a year over year basis b- because we do have an awesome audience. You know, all all you out there, plus everybody who reads Benzinga.com. Um, you know, and when you see some of these brokerages that may have been advertising on people.com, you know, and in some of those types of sites are now trying to really rein in and, and be more targeted with, with how they're spending their advertising budgets. Um, but across the board, you know, there's, uh, the first thing that's going to that always gets cut is advertising. And, okay. and that's been our experience, too, is that gross budgets have come down. The, the conversations that I have are, hey, guys, we like you, but, you know, I'm going to cut my advertising budget before I cut half of my marketing staff. It's okay. One other thing of... that's
1: kind of has kind of been a a little bit of a saving grace for me this year, um, and it, it apps did absolutely nothing for years. Uh, was uh, you know, some some commodity funds? Is it you? take have you deployed any asset into any commodity funds? And would that be uh, somewhere we'd be thinking of uh, deploying some of your forty percent cash?
4: Yeah, actually. So, so no, I haven't really. Um, I I maintain like a a nicely balanced ETF mix. So I've I've got a little bit of commodity exposure, but no Uh sort of overweighting. Um, I think precious metals are actually really interesting. Um, If you look, every asset class is sold off this year, except for US dollars, basically. Yeah, Yeah. fixed income is down, equities are down, gold is down 7% this year. Once people decide to start just hoarding cash and starting to allocate, I think precious metals could be one of those earlier places that they start reallocating to before it's equities or maybe before it's fixed income. Um, Again, just surprising that all three of those are down in the same year. Do you have any opinion on that thesis, Joel?
1: Uh, It's just sell everything. You know, it's just, it's, you know, been, uh, been that kind of year and, uh, you know, now we're, you know, we got some, some bad news in the PPI that's going to make people, uh, nervous about, uh, about the CPI, uh, Unless I, Mitch, if you got anything, I got one more question for you. Oh, I, you I'm in I, the
3: background too, so I'm gonna. Okay. I, I, I had to get on before Luke. Luke, at those eight thirty numbers, sometimes I pop off the show just because the volatility is too crazy, and then I pop back. But I had to come back on for my man Luke because I haven't talked to him for a while here on the show. And there I mean, we go. Yeah, I'm listening in the background here, and and, you're, and it's it, it's such good information to get from Luke because like he is running an advertising company. He's kind of on both sides of this too. I mean, you know, and you can get a feel for the retail trader as well, because you have so many retail traders that are your customers. I mean, what is the retail trader saying here? Because obviously, it's been a very difficult environment for them. In 2021, they're spending, they're trying to get in there, they're trying to learn more. And I mean, obviously, 2022 has been a year where a lot of retail traders have really suffered here. But I mean, if Benzinga can be up year over year in a year like 2022, eventually, you know, retail trader is going to come back eventually we'll get back into another bull market eventually we're going to get into better markets for long only traders here so i mean one congratulations that Benzik is doing that well through this environment because i think there's a lot of other companies in in the in in the you know stock trading business that aren't doing nearly as well but two what are your feels on the retail trade i mean what are your customers saying
4: yeah so so a couple interesting observations on on all of us individual investors out there i guess Joel and Dennis less so, but me and, and everybody watching, individual investors out there. Um, the number of new people who are entering the market is is evaporated. It's, it's Let's call it virtually zero. If you didn't use 2020, 2021 is your time to get in. You're not getting in now. It's too hard. Everybody who did getting in during those period of times are still still active. They're not trading nearly as much as they used to. Uh, but they are still coming to our site, logging in, checking out their portfolio, reading news about their stocks at almost the exact same rate that they did throughout 2020, throughout 2021. So, so the, the big headline is new people coming in. They didn't make it. They're not getting in. Everybody who got in isn't trading as much, but is still just as engaged in in checking out the information as frequently.
3: So customer retention sounds like it's still probably there to a certain extent, but it's difficult to get that new customer because, I mean, you got Buddy over here, you know, that was doing really well and telling all his friends in 2021 how well he was doing, and that's driving new customers and new retail traders where, you know, now 2022, they're not telling their buddies and not talking about their portfolios as much, and that's not bringing in, oh, I want to go in and get into the stock market so then well, uh, and dennis we got a major
4: uh crisis in the usa coming up in about a month
3: and everybody
4: that? who told their families to buy bitcoin last thanksgiving <laughs> is oh, gonna yeah. have to face them oh gosh
3: they, they you, you, face got 30, them. you have 35 <laughs> days to figure out your story, guys. You got 30 days to figure this out. Because <laughs> no, it's hey. coming
2: back. It's winter.
1: <laughs> you you yeah. had uh you had a little bit of that, right? Uh you know you never went crypto crazy, right, Luke? Is if I seen or remember. Yeah. I, I alloc I took
4: the Chamath approach. He called it schmuck insurance. He said allocate one percent of your, your portfolio into crypto. If it runs 10,000%, you know, hey, you got some upside, but you're not gonna get blown up. So that's what I did, I I threw in a percent. I did trade the crypto stocks a ton, um, you know, but did a little bit of just straight up crypto buying, still holding those same positions at this point. (laughs) So what are you telling them at Thanksgiving? Uh, At Thanksgiving, so everybody's gonna ask me, as, as I'm sure you guys, it's the exact same case as of right now, I'm like very bullish on this corporate bond thesis. Um, you know, the the fact that that investment grade corporates have gotten crushed as much as they've gotten crushed in this, as Joel calls it, sell everything market. Um, and you can buy AAA, AA corporates at 7% yield. Um, I hate this, say no brainer. So, so I won't use that term, but it's it's a high conviction trade for me.
2: We'll see what happens there. Like always, Luke Jacoby. I got, one more, him, I got oh, one more for him, though. I got one more for
1: you. ain't
3: getting away that easy. Yeah,
1: you ain't getting away. So I know we had you out a little bit in 20, right, uh, during the COVID and the crazy world. And and you were holding strong, Luke. You were, you were bullish. You, like you said, we're going to get through this. And I remember you being bullish oil. We were talking about different things and Ford and, you know, do I got? Do you have that that feeling right. right now? I don't he think so. Right with you being forty percent cash, and I know Dennis is fifty percent, and I'm right up in that area too. At I what point are you looking higher. to redeploy that Can you that give cash? me that spiny feeling? Can you yeah. give me the go ahead?
4: Yeah. So so uh, I I no, I'm not giving you the go ahead. I think go ahead and start buying individual stocks um, is okay. Right, right, I'm, I'm looking for, for value plays. I'm looking for positive cash flowing companies that have an EV EB to EBITDA somewhere below 12, at or below 12. Again, I think a lot of these tech high flyers are still really expensive, even though they've gotten halved. Um, you know, they're down 70%. So, so my go ahead is, you know, start buying cheaper cash flowing individual stocks, which is the move I've been making.
1: Okay, all right. Uh... Pre-market prep brings on Luke Jacoby, giving us a fundamental look, a little bit of look at the business. Thanks thanks for coming on, Luke, and uh, we'll have to do this again real soon.
4: For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy trading.
1: Okay. Have a good one, Luke. Sounds like he's been listening to pre-market prep, Dennis. You know, the the high cash. Look, what do you think about the corporates, Dennis? I know you've dabbled in those before. It's just, yeah, are you a little worried about, you I'll know?
0: Move
3: together. I mean, this year for bonds has just been you know we as stock traders on this show know 2022 has been a very tough year. This year for bonds has been just an epic disaster. This is if not the worst year for bonds, it's got to be I don't know the stats, maybe it is. It's got to be one of the worst years for bonds ever.
2: Yeah, not it, many it, it, it
3: might even be one of the worst year for bonds ever. I've never seen the bond market like this. It's so, definitely
2: the destruction of the classic portfolio, right?
3: <laughs> the the Oh yeah, the 60, <laughs> the 60 forty the The sixties doing bad with the stock. The 40s just destroyed. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and maybe that's supposed the chat to be the safe side, right? I feel Dennis? like this is one of the worst <laughs> bond markets ever. Is it is it is it is it the worst one? Somebody was saying, I think it I mean, it might even be the worst year ever for bonds. I
0: mean, on record. Uh, which is
3: absolutely incredible to think about so i mean we've always talked stocks but if you we were a bond show just talking bonds and i don't know if there is a lot of bond shows out there because a lot of retail you know straight up interest in that but it has been an epic 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 disaster of all disasters tough tough market
1: so what did you see out there after the number i mean Uh, uh, just
3: buying a little bit of the dip i mean we got back near scratch so i was using that opportunity i came in a little bit just a wee bit on the short side so it actually was good for my day trading portfolio Um, not my long-term investment portfolio it's always long people say you know when you're short oh you're short this market you're in it down not the case just, you know, looking here at, you know, my day trading overnight portfolio it was a wee bit on the short side going to that number. So it actually worked out in my favor. And as we were coming close to scratch, I don't know if we got to SPY. No, we, we did got it. To That's scratch. what I was looking for. We didn't That's... quite get there. Nope. So um, but I was using that to uh, and, and then it's gonna be CHOP. I mean, we're still back to the Titanic analogy. We're still bobbing up and down here. We we have not really taken out. You can say, Well, we close in the headlines and then we close at a new low. Yeah, by like 10 points five points we're still hanging out here near support we're still doing the bob and you know what everybody this is ready for it to go down we got to shake those out again so maybe we'll get a little bit of a squeeze but again tomorrow's data cpi could change everything my opinions could change completely in 24 hours so we need to see what exactly that number is is it hot or not and if it's hot katie bar the door forget about the lows we're going a hell of a If it's not, if it's a little bit light, if it's wishy-washy, we're going to do the Titanic bob maybe for a while. If it's light, that's going to be the green light to say, hey, let's put some risk on. So, I mean, these numbers, if you were ever not a headline trader, tomorrow might be the day to get into headline trading. I'm going with the flow on that 830 number. Just like last month, it it was a layup to just start hammering stocks. Last month on that number, Remember I said on the show I was gone for twenty minutes and I was like, I was selling everything I possibly could, and then I sell it, sold some more on that number. I sold stock straight for twenty minutes. And this we're going back to the nine twelve. You can see it on the charts. And I was selling a four oh seven spy, four oh six spy. You can see the high that day was four oh three. So that eight thirty to nine o'clock was just gift time. You knew they were going to continue to hammer it. And the market was straight down ever since. No heat. It, it, it was no the heat. Biggest. It was there was that was like low-hanging fruit. That was the low-hanging fruit market.
1: That was the biggest one-minute bar destruction that I think I've ever seen.
3: And there was uh, no, it was not going to bounce from there. People who were buying the dip on that weren't reading into the headlines at all. They're looking at the technicals. Now this headline. Everybody expected this number to be okay, and it was bad. You've got to sell. You need to sell now. If you have a swing trade long on, you need to get out of it now. Don't wait till 9.30. Get out of it in the pre-market. That was that day. That day will happen again tomorrow. If that number's hot, I'll be selling everything I possibly can. If that number's light, I might be buying everything I possibly can. If that number's wishy-washy, that's where it gets confusing. Like, oh, it's 0.1 light or it's 0.1. I don't think it can be heavy. You don't want to it heavy. It's got to be light. But if it's 0.1 light or 0.2 light, is that light Nine. enough? If it's 0.1 heavy, it's too heavy. Anything over the scale. And what are we expecting, Mitch? Just say it again. 8.1? Yeah, 8.1. If it comes 8.2, too heavy. If it comes 8.1, no, not good enough. We want to see it light. So we don't want to see 8.1. We want to tip the scale. No 8.1. No 8.2. I want to see 7.9. I don't want to <laughs> see 8. I want to see a seven handle because that will make the market feel better. So I want to see a seven handle, see 7.8 or 7.7 or 7.6 green light go. But I don't want to see an eight handle. I don't think even eight's good enough because it's like, oh, one light's not. Well, it's light. Yeah. Yeah. We'll buy up the dip. That was a it a bit, but then not very light, still got an eight handle. So I want to see a seven. And I'd like to see like a mid-7s, really, to get the green light going. No, I don't know. And and, and all we're doing right now, and people say, oh, you said it was going to be mid-7s. Listen to what I'm saying very, very carefully. We are setting up scenario analysis. I'm going into there completely market neutral. No opinion. No opinion. No opinion. Going in there market neutral and using the information that the 830 number gives me to make my trades i'm not going in until i know that it's safe to dip my toe in the water because i don't want my toes ripped off by the sharks
1: you know it seems like we're just hanging out down here too long you know what i mean like you know you talk about you know bounces and you just when you just uh, hang at support you know for like too long yeah you know it's here. but you know what but
3: it doesn't well, matter Joel those numbers right. again we can analyze anything technically at 8:30 a.m. the tomorrow, world changes technicals are meaningless we can get a level to where we think it's going but it's not going to dictate direction what and the people who say they just use technicals got to trade outside these numbers they can't trade with these numbers i use technicals in the absence of news. I use technicals when something has a direction and I wanna figure out what level it's going to go to. But I'm not gonna use technicals ahead of the CPI number when the CPI number is going to dictate the direction of the move. You can say, well, we've been here, we were gonna break down. The CPI data might come in hot and it's like I told you so. The technicals were saying that, that's bullshit. The, it, the CPI number dictated the move. So it's important to have many tools in your toolbox technicals work very well in the absence of news they work well with news too to give you that next level once you know the direction but technicals are not going to predict what the cpi number is tomorrow i'm sorry
1: yeah we tried that a few times looking at the commodity prices and uh that didn't that didn't work out so well, but uh, Mitch, in background there, did we uh did we get to um our uh, all the stocks that did we uh, um do?
2: There's a lot more headlines out there, but let's, we'll try let's to do rip
1: our best. Come on now. All, all right, right it. let's T-T-T-A. get let's. Do oil
3: it. has went red here now. Keep that in mind. Oil, which was up the entire morning, has now turned red. So that changes a few things too. You know, obviously we saw this inverse relationship starting here between oil and stocks to a certain extent. Yesterday, you know, maybe not, but in the last week we've started to see it. So oil coming down and going red here today, maybe not bad for stocks. Again, it's going to be nervousness and jockeying ahead around the CPI number. Lots of j- balls juggle.
2: We did get a pre-announcement from Phillips shares down after the company said its third quarter core profit would be down 60% from a year ago. The company said it would take nearly also a $1.3 billion charge against its valued of its troubled respiratory
1: care business. So, what uh, stock is that? PHG. Oh, PHG. Okay. I thought you said Philips.
3: The European company.
1: Oh. So again,
3: remember, this is already trading in Europe. This has been trading for four hours, so we don't have to guess where it's going to open. It's open. Our price, our ADR price, simply chases the European price. So we know it's down 11%. It's going to be down 11%. What an epic disaster this investment has been as well. 2021, the high was $61. It is $13. This is like, at a certain point in time, Phillips is probably going to be a buy. It's a company that's been around here for a long, long time. But are they burning cash now, Mitch? Or were they still making money?
2: uh i'd have to take a look into it i was i don't keep up with this one like let me i could pull it up for a second
3: well i'm just curious what their numbers because you were saying it was a guidance lower that's that's hitting it
2: yeah yeah they um they're saying that their uh, core profit would be down 60 percent from a year ago that's pretty bad <laughs> um
3: but it's poor profit still profit
2: (laughs) well well, revenue growth is in the negative so um i don't think they're making money
3: (laughs) okay so regardless here phillips has been a company that's been around a long long time again you know if you bought a 13 you you'd be happy five years from now i don't know i don't know if any of us are going to be happy five years from now so lots of things to think about here but epic disaster for anyone on the long side of this thing in the last year yeah negative
2: 22 million on their income
3: um that's their net income So it doesn't
2: look good. Let's do one more. All right, I'm going to wrap
1: up here just real quick. Uh, You know, that pre-market high, uh, that kind of looks like a little bit of a a pipe dream now. That's uh, 35 and a quarter. Uh, If, in fact, we turn around rally mode, yesterday's high right above that. I think you see more sellers at 53 and a quarter. Looking at the downside here, uh, as always, unchanged is right there with the, you know, with the pre-market low. And uh, between that, we have the, the lows of the move. So we'll see. Uh, right now, the bulls are under siege. So uh, take it away, guys. And uh, I'll be back at, uh, at 1030, pre-market prep with Stock Odds
2: all right joe getting on out of here guys check out pre-market prep plus and uh dennis we'll see what happens today we'll see where Yeah, good luck on.
3: everyone again i'm not going to be really jockeying and taking major directional bets here today probably mm-hmm. just playing the chop little day trades playing the chop 8 30 tomorrow will be the day for directional betting and it's going to depend on what that number is so all right thanks money much
2: Of course, Dennis is getting on out of here. Going to do what he does best and get to his trading action. I do want to let you guys know in on a great premiere that we will have. Guess what? Tomorrow, don't miss it, 10.45 a.m. Eastern. We're going to release our New York Stock Exchange Tour, an exclusive tour that was given to us by Jay Woods. You guys have seen Jay Woods on right here on Pre-Market Prep. We will be giving that exclusive tour of the New York Stock Exchange. Of course, you can't get this tour unless you know somebody that works at the New York Stock Exchange as it's closed off to the public. So don't miss it. Check out a little bit here. I got a little sneak peek for you.
1: So the bell podium. Everyone has their signature thing. At the NYC, we have our pillars, but we also have our bell. Um, And every morning at 9.30 before that bell rings, the executive team or the celebrity guests, if we have a celebrity guest, we sometimes have them. Serena Williams just rang the bell a couple weeks ago to commemorate her last run in the U.S. Open. They'll congregate here under the bell. It's a nice photo op, but uh, they'll learn that... When they ring this bell, it opens markets worldwide. Even though we do trade pre-market, I know you probably trade pre-market too. The
2: real quotes, the real depth markets are are starting at 9.30. Don't miss that, team. Thursday, 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Just threw up the link in the chat. You guys can already hit the Premiere button or hit the Remind Me button so that you guys don't miss out on this great Premiere. I'm telling you. There's a lot of videos that we do that are more for, you know, financial education, trying to teach you strategies. This one's pure fun, pure entertainment. Come get some entertainment tomorrow at 1045 a.m. Eastern. Of course, there'll be fireworks in the morning with the CPI report. And then at 1045, after some live trade in action, we'll get you to the New York Stock Exchange Tour. Up next, we have, of course, live trading that will be coming up. Let's get right into some trading action with Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. Zunaid killing it yesterday, bouncing back, nailing some shorts on some puts. So if you want to go ahead and see some options action, some equity trades, or maybe you're into some micro caps, that's what Ryan a lot of the times covers on a lot of the headlines, especially the biggest movers of the day. Come on over to live trading. That's starting right now.
0: save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app